Hello, my angels. Welcome back. Thank you so much for coming by and pressing play on another episode of the Beautifully Built Podcast. I'm your girl and host, Melissa Impet. I have such a treat today. (laughs) I am super excited to welcome onto the show Jake Woodard. If you have never met Jake Woodard before, I'm super excited to introduce him to you. I came across his content on Instagram. He has beautiful, spiritually aligned content that just totally speaks to me. And I couldn't help but reach out to him. He is also a podcaster. He has a beautiful podcast called Awake with Jake. And Jake is a spiritual healer. And he uses his own story as valuable life lessons to teach people that even the most painful of times in our lives are happening for a reason. To guide us down this path of life and where we're meant to be and how we're supposed to show up and serve to move the world forward. So I'm really excited to bring him on the show. Jake, thank you so much for being so open, so vulnerable, and really, truly sharing your heart with us. Welcome on to the show. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm honored. I'm so excited to get to know your story a little bit more. My story. <laughs> Where to begin with this story? Where to well, begin? <laughs> it's a loaded question, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I think it really comes from the question that I've pondered a lot of who am I? Mm. You know, when I talk to a lot of people, I'll say, who are you? And they'll start giving me this list of descriptions. I'm 37 years old. I'm a banker. I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a sister. I'm a healer. Whatever, right? But that's all society's labels on who you are. But it's not who you are. That's what you are, right? And this is the identities of the ego. Yeah. So I, you know, at a very young age, grew up in this tiny little farm town in upstate New York. I grew up on like 50 acres of land running barefoot through the woods. Wild ass crazy. (laughs) My first, my first car was a John Deere as well. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was interesting. You know, I grew up not a lot to do. So I found myself like breaking things a lot and constantly being yelled and screamed at by my mom. And at one point I'd gotten so bad she had threatened to send me away to military school, the school for misbehaved boys. And because mm-hmm. I was just nonstop breaking things. I just had so much energy and I had these like impulsive, like downloads of energy. Yeah. And God knows I couldn't sit in a classroom, you know, like <laughs> that. It's just everything about the society I always rebelled against. Yeah. And I just always had like this kind of rebel spirit. Like I always just wanted to like, not be normal. You know, I just, I never wanted to be normal and fit into this kind of matrix code that we're downloaded into. Right. But yeah, at a young age, I got really addicted to sugar and I became very overweight as a child and I was bullied, picked on, beat up for being overweight. Mm -hmm. And you know, the bullies would call me fatty and five by five. And my first uh, screen name on, on instant messenger, AOL instant messenger was chunk 270. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I, I laugh about that now, but it really was like a hard time. And like, that was kind of like the first layer to my pain. And there's multiple layers. Mm-hmm. The second layer was the relationship that I had with my dad. And, you know, he was so violent and aggressive and angry. He just didn't know how to process his emotions. So when my dad would come home from work, he would be all dirty in his dirty work clothes from working construction all day. And he would take his lunchbox, throw it on the table and storm into his bedroom and lock the door and just mm-hmm. take a nap. But while he would take a nap, 
Jake being tons of energy, would be out in the living room making all kinds of noise. And when I would be making this noise, I was probably like six, seven years old, I would hear two things. The first was, Jake, shut the F up or I'm going to come out there and beat your ass, like screaming at me down the hallway. So I'm like, you know, whatever. And first, I would normally ignore it. The second thing I would hear was click, click, which was a loading of a 12 gauge shotgun. Wow. So him storming down the hallway with the shotgun, waving it, I'd be out the house at that point. But like, this is the type of environment that I grew up in. And, you know, my dad tried killing me multiple times. He's throwing hammers at my head. He's beat me with fishing poles. He's ran me over with four wheelers, like all kinds of crazy different things. And I didn't understand that, you know, as a young boy, all I wanted was my dad's love and validation and I never got it. And it's really hurtful for any child to go through that with a mother or a father, you know, whoever was the person in your life that you wanted to love the most from, you normally didn't get it, right? So that was where I was really kind of hurt. And when I was 13 years old, I was about to pull a prank on my sister. And Jocelyn was four years older than me. And she was in the bathroom. It was middle of summer. It's hot as hell outside. And she's taking a shower. And I was going to pour some ice cold water on her. I was going to say, don't say you were going to do the ice water trick. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm about about to pour this water on her and hear the shower running. And I'm like, I couldn't get the door open. So I'm like fidgeting with the door. I'm fidgeting with the door. And finally, I'm like, screw it. I kicked the door open. And when I kicked the door open, I seen Jocelyn laying on the floor with a needle hanging out of her arm. Oh no. So I was like screaming and crying for my mom. I didn't know what had happened. I was just so young and so confused. And you know, luckily at that point we were able to get to the hospital and revitalize, but it was a really dark moment. Like I just was so confused. This was my hero, my best friend. You know, I, I loved my sister. I loved like being around her. I thought she was cool, smart, awesome. And if anybody's got an older sibling that's listening, they, they know what it's like to see your, your sister, your brother, whoever, go down like that. I was like, man, like, why is she doing that? So basically I was living with my mom at the time and Jocelyn was living in the basement and she had gotten addicted to heroin. So literally for like three, four years straight while living with my mom, Jocelyn would come upstairs, you know, every single night, three in the morning, looking for drugs, looking for money to get from my mom. And it was just a really, really toxic environment. Like it was, it was so hard. Like I just was a little kid trying to go to school in the morning. Like Sleeping at night was really difficult, but about a year later when I was 14 years old, Jocelyn and I were arguing in the kitchen, and this wasn't like your typical brother-sister, like your stupid ha-ha fight. Jocelyn was strung out on crack cocaine, and she threatened to kill me with a knife, and so I ran to my bedroom, scared as hell, and I locked the door, and I laid on the ground, and I'm crying. And it was that deep cry, like where your throat is closing, your world is turning black, your chest is shutting down. And I could just see everything around me just like closing in. And I'm laying on the ground and the tears are just hitting the floor so hard. It sounded like rocks just hitting the ground. And I'm punching the ground. I'm screaming. I'm thinking, God, why me? Why me? Why do I have to endure this pain right now? And I looked up and in the corner of my room, I had a 20 gauge single barrel shotgun that my parents had bought me for Christmas. And I thought to myself, what would it be like if I just ended this now? What would it be like if I just ended my life right now? So I sat there and I pondered this thought for a moment. Then all of a sudden, I felt like this, like first I felt like this vibration of energy. And then I, I kind of saw like these crazy lights and I heard this like voice speaking to me. And the voice said that you are not permitted to leave yet. You have a purpose for being here. Yeah. 
Mm. So I was like shook. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that encounter was. And this was 14. Yeah. Wow. That was like the first phase of my awakening. Your download started at such a young age. Yeah. So fast forward about eight or nine years of just crazy experiences of just like getting arrested for fighting, alcoholism, obesity. I was 80 pounds heavier than I am right now. I had built like this shield in front of my body. It was 240 pounds of just mass. I was angry. I was violent. I was confrontational. And I was just a mean, nasty person. Mm. And, you know, I bullied my way through life because I was bullied. You know, I was hurt. You know, hurt people hurt other people. And that's the damn truth. I was hurting everybody that was in my path. And I got to the point where one day I woke up and I said, you know, I I don't want to be a victim of my life anymore. I want to take responsibility for my life and I want to be a creator of my life. And from there, everything started to shift and I started working on myself. I started healing myself internally. You know, I started reading all these books, going to all these seminars, working with shamans, working with mentors, working with healers and doing this deep, deep transformational work on myself. And I don't even know why I was doing it at the time, but like really that was my initiation into earth school. And that was a curriculum that I was working through. I love earth school. Did you have one powerful teacher or mentor that kind of led you down that path? Hmm. You know, there's been a lot of amazing, amazing mentors that have come into my life. And there's just, there's so many. And I feel like I was blessed with them for a period of time. And then they would leave when either when I would outgrow them or they would just serve their purpose. And, and that was it. So I don't think there was like one specific mentor specifically that really you know, did it for me because there were so many of them, you know, but there was, there was one that is still in my life and I will not disclose of a name because he prefers to be off grid. And that's kind of how a lot of spiritual people are, but yeah, he came into my life at a point about four years ago and he opened me a lot to spirituality Mm -hmm. and I'm very blessed for this man. And like, it brings tears to my eyes because like, it was like one of the most profound experiences I ever had in my life. And I've never even shared this before because like you don't really talk a lot about meeting certain beings on your path. You don't. And like, you're, it's just kind of like code. Like you don't share certain beings that you meet. And it's almost like you don't want to bring that energy into the space because, you know, there are some beings on this planet that are seen and unseen you know, angels, whatever you want to call them, that really can profoundly shift the vibration of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so beautiful. So I'm, I'm such a proponent of mentors and healers and people that are really speaking the truth too. I mean, obviously there's, there's coaches and stuff out there that just do it for the money. But yeah, I've had some amazing people come into my life. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful when you really truly make the decision to make a shift in your life that the teachers, they, they appear. Mm. They appear. Well, yeah, you have to be ready for it to even attract that into your life. Yeah. You have to be open and willing to receive. You know, the problem with most people was for me for a long time was our minds are too full of everything we think we know. Yeah. You know, and in Buddhism, they talk about the beginner's mind and always being a student of life. And they refer to a bowl, a rice bowl, right? So if the rice bowl is always filled with rice, you can't receive any new information. Mm. But when your bowl is empty and you're curious, like that childlike curiosity, you will always receive 
new wisdom. And eventually when your, when your channel's clear enough, like mine has become from doing all the inner work, you start hearing the divine speaking through you. Yeah. And then you start getting these downloads where it's like, you're realizing, wow, I am the universe. I, everything is all within me. So like anytime I have a question now, I just go within, yeah. like I just ask my higher self, like what, what is my block here? Beautiful. Mm. So what has been, you know, what has been the most deep, profound healing, energetic healing that you think you've been doing for yourself? Mm. I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many different things that come through for that. I think at the very foundational level, it takes having awareness, awareness of what needs to be healed. And I give the example of like, if you had a knife in your ribs and you didn't know it was there, it's going to continue to cause you pain. So I think self-awareness is the foundation of all healing, right? Like self-awareness is like, okay, I know I need work done. I know I have things to do to help myself heal. That's like st stage one for pretty much anybody that comes into that level of experience. So for me, I think self-awareness was like the real first key to awakening. And then obviously there's other things as you grow into those things though, because like you know, if I mentioned something like uh, sound healing or eye gazing or breath work or energy healing or something like that, someone that's never even done any of that work, they may be like, what's that? And they're not ready for it yet. So it's almost like if you compare it to being in school, in grade school, say grades K through 12, when you're in kindergarten, you don't try to do 12th grade math because you're not ready for it yet, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So there is, there are so many different things I've picked up along my way that I've developed my own healing practices that have really worked for me. But yeah, I mean, just really getting real with yourself and like allowing yourself to feel is, and be vulnerable, I would say is step one. Mm. Feeling love, your feelings. I love that you're just so descriptive on your past too. I think that a lot of people tend to black out their past. I know that's something that I've been doing a lot of work around is allowing myself to, to relive some of the most traumatic experiences in my life, not with the intention to hurt again, but with the intention to understand and to be able to find these powerful lessons that I can really elevate out of, you know, out of the pain and out of the trauma. Yeah. I think really just feeling into your heart and your, into your intuitive heart through the breathing, getting into your body is really one of the first things I started doing was like doing the breathing, opening my heart, getting into my body and just feeling where I was blocked. Yeah. Right. And just sitting there in a quiet space, just going in, going in, just practice it. If you do it for five minutes a day, you know, that's a good start. You start doing it for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day over the period of six months, it will shift your life. Mm -hmm. And that's just really like meditation was one of the first healing things that I really started doing because the more you quiet down inside, the more space that you have available to you to not be reactive to the world, right? Mm -hmm. For example, if, you're, if your system if your energy system, your energy body is filled with stuff, like all of your stuff, the drama, list, everything yeah. going on around you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your negative thoughts, your yeah. anger, your resentment, your abandonment towards your father, yeah. whatever you're having going on, you're super reactive to the world because those wounds are super sensitive, mm. right? So doing things like meditation and breath work and energy healing allows you to start healing those wounds so you're not so sensitive mm. to the world. 
-hmm. and to people because people live in the world. <laughs> Mostly people. The world doesn't really trigger you. It's more the more the people in the world that are going to trigger you. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful when there's there's so much truth in those triggers too. <laughs> well, yeah, I always say to people that triggers are your teacher because yeah. they're showing you where you're not. They're showing you where you have work to do. Where you're still raw a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because if someone comes into your life vibrationally you attract them right nothing comes into your experience that you didn't call in yeah that's step that's, one is that's one that's a big one to wrap your mind around for sure well yeah because everything in this universe is a mirror and a reflection of our own consciousness mm. now that's that's deep right that is deep. <laughs> but because everything external is actually a reflection of the internal mm. this this universe is just one big mirror so vibrationally you're calling things to you based on your vibration so when things start showing up in your experience, it's not random. It's not accidents. It's not coincident. That doesn't, doesn't live. It doesn't exist in this universe. You can sit there all day and say, well, this random thing happened to me. Nothing random happens to you. <laughs> Everything in this universe is perfectly designed. So beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how did you, because... Uh, it's, you know, it's really interesting hearing your story about how, you know, you grew up on a farm, you were with a really masculine father, it sounds like. Mm. So how did you allow the space to let a little bit more of this feminine energy in to this, mm. to find this reconnection and feel strong about yourself being a man, but allowing a little bit more of this feminine energy to come through? I would say that I grew up with a distorted masculine figure, which mm. would be my father. And this was coming from somebody who was deeply wounded from his childhood that never had dealt with any of his stuff and because of the anger he carried. Before we get into talking about masculine and feminine energy, I think it's really important for people to just begin to understand a little bit about masculine and feminine energy because it's important to understand it, right? We all carry, every human on this earth carries a masculine and feminine energy, both energies. Mm -hmm. So you're not just masculine, you're not just feminine. It just so happens to be that most men, not all, most men carry more of a masculine energy, a, mas a masculine sexual essence, we could call it, where most women carry more of a feminine sexual essence, okay? None of this is about judgment. This is about awareness. When you, when we repress parts of ourselves, the masculine or the feminine, which in our society, we have heavily, heavily repressed the feminine energy, mm. then we have an imbalance in the system. And it's like if you had a computer, it would be like having a corrupted file downloaded into the system that was causing like a virus, right? So that's kind of what's happened. And masculine energy to understand is building, is structure, right? Is achievement. It is present consciousness. It is the protector. It is protection, mm -hmm. right? So you think about like masculine things in your life. Our whole society is built around the masculine energy because it's all about building, right? It's all about succeeding. It's all about freedom. Personal freedom is very masculine. That's why people love sports because it's bringing things to an end. Mm. Like back in, in the Roman days when they had like the gladiator fights, it was a very masculine thing because they're bringing, the masculine energy is the decision to end things, to make things come to an end, mm. right? So that's why like when a man's with a woman and he's in his masculine or she's in her feminine, the, ma the feminine can be appreciative of the masculine's decision to lead. 
because mm -hmm. masculine energy is leading, right? So the imbalance has what has caused women, especially, to create an imbalance in their system of animating too much masculine energy. Mm. Where the feminine energy is movement, is flow, okay? It is emotion, it is energy in motion. It is love, it is creation, it is expression. It is mother nature. It is the moon, it is the ocean. So this, this is feminine. Now, what we have to understand is the imbalances that I'm gonna keep referring to where we have culturally created an imbalance by telling everyone and making everyone feel like masculine energy is everything, but it's not. And that's why we have no connection to our feminine heart, to our love, and we are numb to the vibration of love. I say we, I'm saying a whole as a collective. So what's happening is we're shifting out of this old paradigm, this old school masculine energy into the new earth, which is the rising of the feminine energy within all of us. So we can begin to feel our emotions, which is feminine energy, the flow of love vibrating through our cells and our system. Mm -hmm. mm. So was it challenging for you to kind of step into this? Was it something that you were kind of like honest with, with your friends, or was it something that was kind of going on behind the scenes? No, I mean, honestly, there was a period of time where I kind of just kind of started cutting people out of my life and just going really in. Like I got very like isolated at one point. Um, was it challenging? Yeah. Coming from like a man who was armored his whole life with like all these shields of every type of shield you can imagine. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like being vulnerable, especially as a man or any human in today's world. No one wants to appear weak. No. You don't want to look sensitive. You don't want to look like you're Because why? Because- Crying is bad. Crying makes you weak. That's what we're All taught. Society things that we're taught. Yeah. Wow. But even think about it. Like when, when we punish a child, instead of teaching them, hey, feel your feelings right now, we say, go sit in the corner, mm -hmm. which go be still, which is masculine energy. Instead of learning how to process our emotions, we just go, we stuff them. Mm -hmm. Go repress yourself. Go sit down. But like, you know, so we, we repress that. And like, when you, like my dad used to get so mad when I would cry, he's like, why are you crying? I'll give you a reason to cry. Like crying, you little baby. Like, you know, he would get so mad. He would beat me more for crying, but crying once again, to me has been one of the most healing tools I've ever developed, yeah. which is the ability to cry and let it out. Yeah. You know, like I am not afraid to cry. Like I, and I, I was that tough guy, right? I was the man that was like the tough guy, never wanted to show emotions. I was that dude. But I'm telling you, like, when you get into your feminine heart and you connect to that place inside of you that is love, and you start connecting to that, that feeling of love, everything shifts. Mm. So I'm sure that you had to spend some time really focusing on some deep forgiveness. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and that's, that was... That was a big one. Forgiveness is like the foundation of all healing. I believe, you know, like my father and my sister were the two people that really, really were in my path, in my line of people to forgive. And the biggest person I had to forgive was myself. Yeah. We you tend know? to forget about that one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's the easy one to neglect because we yeah. think it's outside of us. But once again, it's never outside of us. It's all within. Yeah. 
So if, if, if you were on this journey, brand new to this journey, this idea of forgiveness, how would you guide someone to even start if they've never mm -hmm. really thought about this idea of forgiving? And right now they might still be pained by an experience. Yeah. So, you know, wherever you are, you're exactly where you're supposed to be and you're only going to hear exactly what you need to hear. Right. So if one of these things that I say resonates with your heart. Great. Take what resonates, throw out what doesn't, you know, that's why I say develop your own intuition, but forgiveness is giving, right? It's giving of love to others and to yourself. If you look at it like this, every person that you have karma with we'll call it every person you have hatred towards resentment towards maybe it was the father that neglected you or the mother that abandoned you whatever you went through in your childhood throughout your teenage years the, the lover that broke your heart you basically have all these lines these energetic cords to these people that keep both of you not just you not just them in suffering right it's like you're both imprisoned by your hatred towards this person now energetically, you can release that. You don't even have to talk to this person. Energetically, you can release that by forgiving them. So many years ago, when I got into this, I heard this word forgiveness. Now, towards my dad, I was like, forgive him. Yeah, I was like, he doesn't deserve my forgiveness. <laughs> you know, it's so hard because our ego goes, no, don't forgive them. Why yeah. would you want to forgive them? Don't you want to keep suffering? You know? And so many years ago, I sat down on a couch and I started to meditate and I envisioned my father's face come in and I thought to myself, all right, maybe I should really just do this. Maybe I should just forgive him. And so I started just to hold this, this vision of his face in my mind and just saying the words out loud. I forgive you. I forgive you. I give myself permission to forgive you. I give myself permission to forgive you. And I just started like saying it over and over and over and the tears were just rolling down my face. And I was just crying and crying and releasing and releasing. And it was such a hard experience. Like it was so difficult. And I've been doing that for years, right? Like that's, that's not one time. Life work, life work. You know? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like healing is a process. Healing is a journey. Yeah. You know, so I think it's really about cutting those energetic cords with people. You know, there's, there's another great exercise is you can write a letter to people and just burn the letter. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of things like this at, at my retreats too. I, like that's where I was going next. I wanted to hear more about your retreats. Yeah. I heard, I heard uh, you talking about one on one of your podcast episodes, and it's beautiful and something that I really look forward to hosting one day too. So I would love yeah. to hear about that. Yeah. So we actually have like a whole exercise designed for cutting cords, where like it's super, it's it's powerful in the room with everybody. All oh, that energy must be amazing. Yeah. So like basically we sit there and we have, we, we, you partner up and you eye gaze for like a period of time and like stare, eye gazing, by the way, it means you stare directly into someone's eyes for a period of time. So, and I keep guiding them through it as they're doing this. And then they share with that person, they write down on something, on a piece of paper, something they've never told anyone in their life. Wow. Nothing you've ever told, something you've never told anyone in your whole life. Wow. And then you go, you do that with each other and then you go to the fire and you burn it. So we have a ceremony of fire and then you burn it. And this is just one of the exercises we do. But, and then I'll ask, I'll say, listen, does anyone want to share this with the group? And sometimes you'll get people that are brave, like, you know, like I really don't want to share this. I'm like, come on, let's get it. And then they share it and they're Step just crying. right out of that comfort zone. Yeah. You know, like I'll, I'll give an example. Obviously I would never share any names. Um, there was a woman that was at one of my retreats and she was really hesitant 
to like share with anyone. I saw her sitting in the corner, but I saw she had this little piece of paper, but no one had partnered up with her. So I walked over to her and I grabbed her by her hands and I looked her in her eyes. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get emotional sharing this because it's yeah. so fucking powerful. And I, I said to her, I said, is something you'd like to share with me? And she just started pouring it all out and how she was violently raped and like she'd never told anyone this in her entire life because she was so ashamed by it. Mm. And I was just sitting there just like holding space for her and just loving her so intensely. And she was just releasing and releasing and releasing for like five minutes straight. Just to get that out of your system is so, so powerful. It feels so much just energetically lighter. Oh, it's so like, we call that the final cord cutting exercise, you know? And like, it's like, if you imagine it, like I always give the example of being in a boat in the middle of a lake, like you want to get to shore, but what's holding you back is the resentment, is the abandonment, is the neglect, all the wounds you have. Every wound you have is an anchor Mm -hmm. that is down at the bottom of that lake and letting it go, forgiving, healing, it cuts those anchors and allows you to get free again. Mm -hmm. Where can everyone find you? I am so excited for everyone, all the listeners, to be able to connect with you and hear all of your beautiful, powerful messages. <laughs> well, the first place, if you're really looking for me, just go in your heart. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Just go into your heart and just, just start to connect there with yourself. And you'll realize that I'm only a reflection of yourself, mm-hmm. of your own consciousness. And the voice that you're hearing right now is internal, right? <laughs> so you start hearing those things. It's like, wow, that's so true. I mean, yeah, obviously I have platforms that I share stuff through. I, I have a podcast that I have, you know, almost a hundred episodes on. Um, it's called the Awake with Jake show. It's available all places, podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, all the, all the places with podcasts, the Awake with Jake show. And my other platform that I'm very active on is my Instagram platform. And that's just underscore Jake, J-A-K-E, Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. I'm just so, so grateful for you really showing up in your greatness because it's so inspiring being (laughs) someone, you know, with such a story. And I feel like so many people are scared to be vulnerable and share their past, but how powerful it is to see someone with a past like you've had really turning that tragedy into triumph and and being able to use your past to really inspire and raise the vibration of the world. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we all have a story to share. I really do. I really believe that we all have a story to share. Our voice matters. And regardless if you were seen or not as a kid and you're like your mother, your father didn't see you, you weren't loved, you didn't feel worthy. You are worthy. You do deserve love. You You deserve all of that. Right. And like, it shifts the moment you start telling yourself, I do deserve this. I do deserve love. I do deserve abundance because I am abundant, right? This entire universe, nothing lacks in this universe, right? Nothing lacks. But the old mind, the the ego programming thinks everything's scarce. Everything's going to run out. And that's why marketing works so good is because like, we think we're going to miss out on something (laughs) like a sale or whatever, you know? And like, so we have to realize that we are enough. We are deserving of love and we really just have to go deeper into our hearts and souls. And when we do that, everything just begins to open up for us. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be pain involved because there is. Healing is painful at times. It's draining. It's exhausting. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming and being so present with us today and sharing your heart with us. 
I have a poem that I would like to end with and I would love that. share with your listeners. Mm. This poem is called The Awakened Heart, and I wrote it. Your time here is limited, but there's a reason why you visited. Think of all the people you can help heal when you open your heart and start to feel. The beauty of your essence comes from your loving presence. Remember to always stay curious and don't take things too serious. Don't stress the past or what happened last. Don't worry about what's to come. It will leave you feeling numb. Feel free to smile more than once in a while. Forgive others who have hurt you because they hurt too. Be gentle with yourself and you will find that inner peace is the ultimate wealth. See hard times as a way for you to grow and the light within you will really start to glow. Beautiful. Thank you so, so, so much. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for all the light and love that you send out into the world. Thank you. What an incredibly powerful episode. I can tell you one thing. I have listened to this episode four times now, and every single time I've listened to it, I've taken something new away from it. So save this episode. Go down onto the app, scroll down, and you can save this episode so you can come and re-listen frequently. These episodes are the little attitude adjustment that will pull you up out of a funk, out of a low-vibe space if you have the discipline to show up and press play. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Beautifully Built Podcast. I love you so much. I appreciate you. Sending you so much love, light, and good vibes. Catch you on the next episode. Mwah!